So thank you for having me. And I, I know I can't. I was coming to campus today, and I was like, damn, for a Bruin, I've been here a lot. <laughs> I feel you know, like <laughs> I was here like two weeks ago, also for another conference. So. Yeah, I'm actually looking to the School of Communications also, maybe. So that's my personal plug-in. Uh, I need some scholarship money. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, so like, um, just kind of a little bit of my background. So I'm really kind of glad that I'm going after co community coalition. So a lot of my organizing work around communications really started with my involvement with Inner City Struggle. So Inner City Struggle is kind of like the sister partner organization of community coalition. Community coalition does amazing work uh, you know, in South LA, and we do amazing work in East LA. And that's why every time I have an opportunity to say so I say that I'm from East LA I'm proud to be from East LA um, just because I feel it's shaped a lot of who I am and the way I see the world um, so I kind of, I'm kind of going to start from there right kind of my, my involvement in transforming um, right the, the kind of public view about um, you know low-income youth of color in East LA and, and how that leads to policy changes and then kind of what my role has been within the immigrant youth movement and kind of for detailing, we have some more detailing members up in here too. Um, just kind of, you know, just letting you all know what our media strategy is and kind of how our, our media strategy we're trying to really um, provide as a case study of what other um, undocumented um, young people are doing in terms of like getting our message out there and really humanizing the, the immigration debate that we know is crazy right now. You just have to turn on the news and it's, if it's not on ABC it's pretty bad coverage. Um, so, like I said, um, I started organizing with the University Struggle, and one of our first fights was um, trying to get a new high school built in our in our community, right in East LA. So, um, at that time, I was at Garfield High School, which was a high school that was built right for 1,500 kids, and there was 5,000 students there. Um, so, for me, that was one of the interests that you know, like I saw my older brother drop out of high school, and I. You know, I saw that overcrowding had to do a lot with why a lot of my friends were being pushed out of school, right? Um, but at the same time, they were, they were being labeled, right, as dropouts. You know, they're, they're not interested in school, you know, very much blaming the student for the lack of quality education that we're receiving in the East Side. Um, so I started organizing um, with inner city struggle, just, you know, attending different meetings. Um, I'm a big chismosa, so I'm like, what's going on, you know? Um, so I started attending different, different meetings at the school board, and, you know, I, I, I would hear different young folks get up and, and just, you know, talk about their experiences of, you know, not having access to um, the classes they need to go to college, you know, having to sit on the floor because there's not enough desks, you know, in their chemistry class and things like that. And and the response from a lot of the policymakers and a lot of the folks that are were leading kind of like education policy work was, you know, uh, you know, s students in East LA don't want to learn. So why are we going to invest in a population that's dropping out at 60 percent? Um, you know, if, if, if we bring in more resources into the school, you know, that's going to somehow, you know, push more students to drop out. Uh, we can't raise standards for education because students could barely handle what, what they have, right? So for me, um, that's w one of the reasons why <laughs> um, we began um, the Media Collective at Inner City Struggle was really how do we change that frame, right? How do we change that perception? And I think for me, a lot of the media and communication works really starts around framing and messaging, right? How are we, how are we gonna change the way people view a certain issue, right? The way they think and in turn the way they act. So a lot of our work was really in, in humanizing, right? The issue of our stories as, you know, being students attending an overcrowded high school, right? Um, of having to, you know, just, all the things that we had to do to, to make sure we had an education. And, and the fact that students in East LA did want to learn, right? We did want to go to college. 
we just did not have the resources that we needed to do. So that's kind of one of the my, my first experience in kind of in media and communications. And, and it didn't start right getting in front of the camera, right? It started in shifting the debate and in shifting the way that we talk about the issue. Um, and also incorporating our personal stories and also connecting it to our communities, right? Um, and and through, through that, you know, with, with, with working co really close with Community Coalition in South LA, you know, we were able to shift the debate from, you know, young students of color in East LA and South LA can't learn to, you know, why are you prevent, why is LAUSD preventing young people of color who want to go to college the opportunity to do so, right? So we're able to shift that transformation and shift that worldview that um, young people of color um, can learn and do want to learn, which is, and I feel something that we're still struggling with now, right? We, we're going to combat, you know, every every decade we're going to keep combating, right, this thing. Um, so for me, you know, um, my organizing really involved around like educational access issues, and I, I knew I was undocumented since the fifth grade. But for me, it was for me. I, I always thought about educational access as a broader issue, um, and it really wasn't until I transferred from community college to UCLA, where I really began to um, become intertwined with the immigrant youth movement. Right, I started seeing or, um, student organizations who were organizing around their immigrant identity, and I had never, you know, being in LA, like everyone's an immigrant, like. It's like you're undocumented, me too. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know, someone could get a job. Like you know, like I, I think it's, it's very, you know, it's it's a, it's a very common theme. But kind of being an immigrant, and you know, and even attending com community college at East Los Angeles Community College is, you know, very close to my community. A lot of, you know, m most folks are people of color in the community college. So for me, you know, being transplanted, right, and and taking the 720 further that I had ever taken it to Westwood, and being like, oh my God, this is so far, and and feeling what it's like to be an undocumented student within an institution of higher education, especially UCLA, was like mind-blowing, right? It kind of, it really showed me kind of the, the, the experience that we have and how powerful it is and how powerful our stories are. And for me, I, I felt it was coming from this youth organizing perspective, um, coming into the immigrants movement was very interesting, right? Because I feel like a lot of us, you know, we're part of different organizations who, who were working on immigrant rights issues and who kind of supported our, our development, right? The leadership development of youth and then the youth became leaders and it was like, so what do we do? Right, so and and kind of what the young people started doing is just taking on their own leadership, right? Creating their own organizations, creating their own networks, um, and kind of you know like just flying, you know, and and creating their own movement. Um, at the same time, we already came into a set frame, right? Um, I think in terms of the Dream Act, a lot of things that I think people don't understand is that, you know, the, the you know the talking points, and this is kind of why I always in my bio I say I was brought here by my courageous and responsible mother is because the frame that we came into was we're the good immigrants, right? Um, we were brought here by no fault of our own. Raise your hand if you've heard that. Brought here by no fault of their own, the dreamers, yeah. Right? Um, you know, they're contributing back to society. They love America, uh, <laughs> right? And a lot of us, yes, that's true, but a lot of us are also very critical, right? And and, and for us, you know, the debate is much broader, right? So I think um, what, what I saw in coming in was that there was this kind of, the shift in how do we, and people not agreeing with the set frame and the set message for the, for the immigrant rights movement and creating our own, right? Kind of shifting away from that. Um, and with that, right, shifting away from traditional kind of immigrant rights organizing to really um, taking advantage, right, the fact that we are young, that we do have access to social media, um, and kind of really running with that, right. So in terms of, of the undocumented youth movement, I think um, the biggest thing is, like, you know, when, when we turn on the television, and a lot of us, you know, had opportunities to go on TV, national news, and we had, like, two minutes to state our case, right. Um, and we did, right, and we, and we did, did it very well. But for us, we kind of felt that, we needed to create our, our own media, right? We, need, we needed to use the networks that we had, um, Facebook, Twitter, anything social media, because it's it was the only thing that we have access to. So for in terms of like Dream Team LA, you know, we're, we're, we're an organization, we've been 
you know, we have a picture on New York Times Magazine and stuff like that. But we're like, it's like, you know, we're a small group of folks and we're, we're all volunteers, right? So for us, it's kind of, you know, how do we maximize our presence? Um, and for us, it was, it was really using social media, right? So social media, I, I feel, uh, for us, isn't something you do on the side, right? Like, okay, you have a media spokesperson, they handle it. Oh my God, there's a reporter, someone go talk to them, right? Uh, for us, really, media and social media is really integrating into every step of our organizing efforts, right? How do we train all of our members, and or how do we have the dialogue within all of our members of what frame do we want to choose, right? What messages do you want to choose? What soundbites do we want to create for our campaign, right, collectively? Uh, so we, you know, I, I, and I feel like we're, because we have like focus groups and we have campaigns, okay, what words are powerful, bam, right? So so what words are catchy, what phrases are catchy, what stories are catchy, right? Let's collectively create those. Okay, let's create sound bites, let's create messaging points. And then we train everyone, right? So how are you gonna how are you gonna convey your message to, to the, this NPR reporter? And how are you gonna convey your message to the person at the bus stop who sees your dream team at like so shirt and says like, oh, what's your organization about, right? So for us, definitely kind of our organizing is that everyone is a spokesperson for the organization at different capacities. Everyone should be able to to kind of you know voice what the organization is about and also what our movement is about and what our what our, our goal and our vision is about. So that in turn, you know, kind of for us it's kind of always explain like the background behind it. And you know, we for Dream Team LA we have our own media and communications team, which I feel um, you know, even in my own internship, right, we're still trying, we're barely trying to build our communications team as, as a huge institution. Um, and I feel that's because people have, like, this perception of that media is so far away, right, especially with traditional media, that it's one person, there's one expert, and they're, like, really techie, or, like, they're just an awesome speaker. But for us, it's really a collective kind of media strategy. And kind of what that translates to is that instead of having, sorry, instead of having one media person, right, you have, like, 20 um, media people who can convey the message of, of the organization. And, and just a, a way that I, I feel undocumented youth have been, I feel like we've had to use social media because it's really, it's free, right? All of us, we, ha we don't have much funding, right? It's free, you know, a lot of us, you know, we, we've, we've, been, we've taught ourselves to use the tools that we have, like our phones, right? We might not have fancy cameras, but our phones have cameras, right? Our phones have video recorders. You might have laptops that have basic kind of video editing, editing, editing skills. Um, and the way we've been able to use this is to stop deportations, right? When, when we hear about different cases of students being deported, um, the biggest thing is sharing their story, right? Like this person is, you know, there's a currently a deportation case of a person who is in detention center for calling in the ambulance after having like a heart attack, right? Or, or someone who was taking the bus on the way to school. So really humanizing the issue, um, and ensuring that every person in our in our in our team, right, um, and kind of in our networks, is that spokesperson that knows how to tweet, right? Knows how to Facebook, knows how to create videos, um, creates blogs, right? We're getting really into blogging, right? So we even have our own newsletter that we send out. Um, through our DTLA website, you see Mailchimp because it's free. <laughs> it's really easy. Um, so that's kind of you know I, I think um, one of the reasons I feel like we've had to use uh, social media and like kind of, but for I guess I feel for Dream Team LA, it's also um, keeping traditional media at, at hand, right? So for every time we have actions, we have campaigns. Um, we want to make sure that we invite right our awesome reporters that have followed us for like the past three years. They know us by name, you know, like I know them. I see them on the street. What's up, right? Um, is that, you know, like, yes, we understand that people, uh, that a lot of our, 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 the folks that are undocumented are on Twitter and are on Facebook and are on, on Flickr and all those things, but we're still going to connect to our immigrant community, right? So we have to we make sure that, you know, we always are intentional of, you know, going on Univision, going on Telemundo, going on Fox, when we don't want to, going on these kind of mainstream shows, uh, just to kind of keep ourselves grounded with the community and um, by the same time make sure that, you know, that interview goes on Twitter, Facebook, on a blog, on an email blast, right, and kind of connecting, connecting um, all of them. 
And I think I talked a lot, sorry. Yeah. <laughs>